Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello, Hockey World. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2017. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes here every Monday through Friday at this time of day. Uh, sorry we're a little late today. Google just wasn't working. We can't help that. Um, and uh, to, we like to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world, and you can support us at Patreon.com slash hockey. And if you do, I will do a private little conference call with you, which I've done with some people, and some people I have not yet done with. But if you haven't returned my email, I can't. So uh, make sure that if you haven't got an email from me, you email me at eklandhockeybuzz.com and put your put a put in there Patreon. Um, just put Patreon in there. That's fine, and I'll, and I'll get back to you if you're a Patreon supporter. We'll talk. Um, anyway, let's get into the hockey world, um, and we have a couple things going on. But the one thing I was asked to talk about today was, you know, a little bit of the a little bit of the demise of the Philadelphia Flyers for a second. Just not that, you know. I mean, they're still obviously, you know, they're not all all together out. But I was getting so many so many emails about this rust. Mm-hmm. Uh, about whether this team is going to end up like, and then somebody said to me, uh, they made, made an interesting point. Like, Do you think the Islanders finished ahead of the Flyers in the standings this year? No, which is a really, I don't think so, but the difference is not that great. No, it's not, it's that, not, great, not that great, but I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, it'd be the, so, I mean, and so what is wrong with the Flyers? And I have my opinion, Russ, but okay. so it's, it's twofold. I'm hearing the echo. Should I back out and come back? Sure. Sure. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts? What's wrong with the Flyers? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, ever since I mean, they were riding the hot goaltending of Mason, and they were, you know, I think, you know, if you remember when they were winning, you know, Braden Shen was was scoring in big bunches. Um, he's not as much now, and now with the return of Neuverth, I mean, Russ and I were talking about this last week with no, when Neuverth came back, it's sort of upset upset the equilibrium of the of the Flyers goaltending rotation and now you know it's like as typical in in the NHL when you have two goalies you have none and they they had a they had a goalie who was going and then now you know now they have two that I think that are sort of wallowing so I mean I I think they have enough they they you know from an outside perspective looking in they have enough talent to make the playoffs I think that they're probably going to need to maybe make a make a deal at the deadline to you know add add something. But I I think they're going to be in this mix. And if you look at the East right now, the last place team in the Eastern Conference is five points out of the wild card spot. It is so packed right now; it's ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Uh, so the thing's twofold. It it starts with defense, and if you notice, at this point, you don't even know who the set defenders are anymore, other than Provorov it gets shuffled around. And so, yeah. like, Manning's not playing these last few games. That's fine. He had some bad games. You know, Gostaspier sat. You know, yeah. certain guys will sit. Stride had been hurt, so he might not have been sitting otherwise. But here's an example. Okay, so they clearly clamped down on Gostaspier. He's, he's got 20 points in 45 games. That's still pretty good, but he's a minus 18. Yeah. That's not really good. Right. And so – and we knew that sort of this was going to happen because, you know, teams game plan against guys, right? So – he hasn't broken through that. Provorov has been great. He probably doesn't get talked about enough. He helped set up, I think, the uh, the overtime goal yesterday. I, I didn't see it, but I think I read that. Yeah. And, and and he was great on Saturday. Like he's he's solid. There's nothing. 
look, the Devils won that game because Michael Neuverth was not up to the task. There was right. one goal that literally went right over his glove. Like, it's just inexplicable. He could have stopped it. But I think when the goalie and the defense aren't on the same page, you have trouble. And I think this is the one thing that the coaches sort of mixed up. And, look, he can only play the guys he has. You you're, you keep maneuvering around deck chairs. But right. They're not calling anybody up, which is fine. Hextall wants to give them X amount of games in the minors. I don't disagree with that. But they still probably do have enough talent that they could eke in. But we got to remember the way they made it last year. Like, I remember going on CBS3 and saying, I didn't think they would make it. And then they went on a tear of all tears, and they made it, what, on the last day? Right, they did. This year, it's going to have to be a different way. So who's going to step up? I mean, Voracek on Saturday was – was invisible. I don't know how Voracek looked yesterday because that was a game that yeah, I was. I mean, not yesterday the Islanders, you know, but it was, it was not, you know. I mean, they beat him in overtime. It's an Islanders team that's you know right. that's playing a little bit better, but only you know. I mean, Doug waits two zero and one or whatever in his three games. Yeah. not like a crazy. But you always game. get a sort of a artificial jolt when you change a coach. Right, you always so have to wait for a week or so to see how they settle. I mean, the Devils game was way more concerning um, yeah. because that you know that's a team that's not playing well. And, you know, and that, that would, again, they just, they're not getting. And their backup goalie was in. Right. And their backup goalie was in, which is a break, which is a huge break for the Flyers. And the Flyers, you know, just could not get anything going in that game. Um, this, this issue, I think, is interesting on Hackstall's perspective. This is like, when you talk about the issues with college coaches, I'm not going to say that this is a, an issue, but I'm starting to feel like one of the big things about having an NHL coach is their ability to get teams out of slumps because the way you get teams out of slumps in the NHL is very different than how you get them out of slumps in college. No question. You know, like college teams don't usually go into slumps first off. Um, If they do, there's not a long enough season to really even, but in this situation you have, you have this big season and Hacksaw has not really shown the ability. What he does is he tries to mix things up a lot and just move things around. But he hasn't really shown the ability to to take a team out of the slump in both years. I mean, and and I think that it took a while for the Flyers to come out of it last year. It took taking a while for them to come out of it this year, um, and eventually they took them out of it. And then then they're a half decent team again. But I'll tell you the one thing that was really alarming on Saturday. I don't know if you saw the play that Miles Wood goal where he was waiting around center ice. He saw that there was a bad change. The, the Flyers just leave the puck there. He gets the puck with speed, and the Flyers can't catch him because really flat footed. The Flyers' defense isn't that fast, and yeah. and Wood goes in and he scores an easy goal. That was a, a breakdown on many layers. That was a yeah. coaching breakdown because of the bad change. It was a defensive breakdown because they couldn't adjust, and Wood just sniffed out a good play. And he'd done that once before, and and actually got stoned on the play. Otherwise, he could have had another goal that way earlier in the game. Here, yeah. here, here, here you go. Here's the picture in the East right now. Philadelphia with the win yesterday are 52 points. They're holding on to the last wild card. Um, they played, I think, 48 games. The Leafs are one point behind them, but they have games in hand. The next seven teams in the in, in the conference are 49, 49, 49, 48, and three at 47. It's anybody's game right now. It's, yeah, it is. So, I mean, right right now, I mean, teams are, you know, Teams like Detroit have lost a couple after winning three or four in a row. You know, it, it, right now it's going to be who gets hottest at the end of the year. So I don't think it, it may be the team that is consistent and can win, you know, like 60% of their games from here to Yeah, that's what it's like. If you win two out of three, you're okay. It, it, things are so close right now. It doesn't rule out the team that gets hot in March and just charges through. What's hurting Philly is 
you no longer can figure out, and I don't know if the team really has a hardened rotation for these goalies anymore. There is no number one. Yeah. And so now it's sort of – it seems like even to somebody who's covering the team like me that Hackstall is going on a game-by-game basis on who is in net. Yeah, I agree. I always – it feels like he wants Neuver to be the number one. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, but, they started the season with him, right? Yeah, it still feels that way like, at the end of the day. And it's, it's very – it's just fascinating because, like you said, I mean, neither of them assigned next year. So that's why I have a really – I tend to go when people say who's going to be here next year. I tend to say neither. I mean, I really feel like I, I'm, I'm leaning towards neither. I'll, I'll tell you a, a friend of mine floated this idea with me and, and it has a lot of legs. And I think it's uh, I think Mike Smith makes a lot of sense because he's only got two years left on his deal. He's at 5.6 million. Right. They probably could get Phoenix to eat some of Arizona to eat some of that money. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, and that gives them the gives them the time for you know. Yep, for Hart or Stolarz or somebody to emerge. Yeah, for Hart or Stolarz. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's not that's not impossible. I can see nope. that. Um, all right. Next up on the agenda today, my t- my blog today is just something that is, we talked about last week, and it's something it's not it's not a rumor, but it's flying around the NHL in terms of this concept that everybody seems like. Oh, I think it's a good you know, and it's, it's weird because you get these once in a while where teams say, I don't know why, I don't know why it's St. Louis and Tampa aren't making a trade, chat and card for Bishop. Like that's the kind of thing you'll hear a lot right now. Right. And um, I put they it. I really out. don't know why. Like, <laughs> I just laugh at that. I guess I just. No, I, go ahead. I laugh at it because it's like I don't know if they understand like how difficult it is for a GM to go to a coach, especially if he's using a guy like like Hitchcock uses Shattenkirk, and say, "Hey, you know what? I got a trade for him, and you're going to have to sort of rethink the pairings now." When again, things aren't perfect in St. Louis, anyhow, and. So, like, there's a lot of moving parts just for one trade. Like, there really are. Normal circumstances, okay? But I'll throw this out there. Um, if you're going to Hitchcock saying you're getting a bishop, you're getting – because the, the idea here is that Hitchcock, like we talked about before, he loves big goalies. He has goalies that he's always mm-hmm. – Hitchcock loves bishop, has always loved bishop. Right. So, as sorry as this is get rid of Shattenkirk, you know, you're greatly trading problem for problem, right, because they're both UFAs. So it's not like you're really in, you're really in a situation, right, where you're going to have to somebody's going to have to go at some point. Well, but that see, that's the thing. You're, you're you're creating a weakness in Tampa because Vasilevsky has not stepped. Oh, I don't think you're creating a weakness in Tampa at all. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just saying right right now. No, Bishop's not playing great lately, so I'm but, not sure. But neither, about is, that. but neither is Vasilevsky, and maybe that's a symptom of the fact that their defense is not playing well, yeah. and maybe, maybe Shattenkirk improves it. But I mean, right now, St. Louis. I mean, Jake Allen is a disaster, but remember, he hasn't even started his four-year extension yet. He's he's he next year is the first year of a four-year extension with him making over four million dollars. He's right now having a big crisis of confidence because he's not playing well. They kept him back from a recent road trip because you know they're using Phoenix Copley and Carter Hutton that uh, that, that Vesna Trophy winning uh, combo. And right now it's a disaster, but I don't think that the entire problem in St. Louis is the goaltending. It, there's there's more than that. Right now, the only guy scoring with regularity is Tarasenko. They're well, second. Not only the goaltending, but the goaltending does change, can change things drastically, you know, quickly. Yes, but their second not- leading scorer is Kevin Shattenkirk. So, oh, I know, but I, 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 and I, and I know that. But for whatever reason, St. Louis is not married to Shattenkirk. Right, that's well, the case. Well, I mean, that, we've seen this, but we've we've known this now for a couple of years. So it's not right. And, and here's and, the thing. Okay, so if St. Louis wants Bishop so bad, right? 
Can anybody tell me, and I'm look, I've looked it up, so I'm quizzing you guys because I'm terrible when I get quizzed anyhow. Mm-hmm. Can anybody tell me what Bishop got traded for the first time from St. Louis? A second-round pick. A second-round pick. Yep. Yeah. But oh, then – And then now they, they desperately want him. I, there's some irony there. There is. Yeah, there's tons of irony there. But then when he got, then then when he got traded to Tampa, I think it was it was Corey Conacher and and that was after Bishop had played well in Ottawa. It wasn't so. a lot then either. I know. Yeah. But now Bishop has gone on and he's played in the Stanley Cup final. He's he's done some. He's he's developed himself into quite a good goalie and has put well, together good numbers. As you've said, Eck, but on on previous occasions, and we've talked we talked about the injury last year. Durability is a problem with Ben Bishop. Yes. And I think that's a big mark against him. You know, you're talking about a, de- a defenseman in Shattenkirk who is a difference maker, who's a 25-minute-a-night guy. I mean, I think the realization here is that St. Louis, if they're willing to trade Shattenkirk, is admitting to themselves that we're not going to win a Stanley Cup this year. And I, Elliot Friedman on Saturday said that, you know, Doug Armstrong is thinking, we let Bacchus, we let Brower go for nothing at the at last year because we took yeah. a run for it, we need to get something for Shattenkirk. But the something to to my uh, you know to my my look at the situation is future assets, not a one for one rental because you're not really getting anything other than a guy who might be able to plug a hole for a year. Well, I don't think there, I think there will be more issue to deal. I think there'll be more to deal. I don't think it'll be straight up if it happens. I mean, I think I think, so. I, I think you're right. I think Carter Hutton will be involved in the trade. I do. I think Carter Hutton would be in the trade. I know there's. I, I don't know about that. I mean, no, I think, I think. No, I think they would be. I think that's who they would. Yeah, Tampa, I think. Tampa has good Lefskis. He's, right. he's an adequate number two. So yeah, I don't. Think he, yeah, I mean, but still, it, he's an adequate number two. But you're. We go back. To, you know. I mean, Hutton. Well, that, that's. That's, that's the whole motivation against not doing the deal if you're Tampa, based based on what you're saying. Because if they don't have confidence in Vasilevsky, then Carter Hutton is not you know not going to help anything. It's either Vasily, either you have confidence in Vasilevsky that he can win, that he can get them through the playoffs, or you don't. If you do, if they if they don't think he can, then you keep Bishop and you let him walk at the end of the year. Yeah, I think they would keep Hutton because I think at the end of the day, I'm not certain of this, but I think. There's a chance Hitchcock may like Hutton better than Jake Allen at this point. Well, I think that's true too, but I think that I think that's very. But, but but Hitchcock's not there next year. Remember this, so it's like this, I know, but this is a one-year thing. So yeah. this is that also changes the whole dynamics of this being being a one-year you know situation right now because well, I mean it's not for St. Louis, but it is for Hitchcock, and you know I think that there's a little bit of more of an effort to try to win now because of it. In St. Louis, even though they might not admit it, like Armstrong's going to say, "Of course, I'm. I'm. You know, we were going to survive here after Hitchcock leaves, but they're trying to still get one for Hitchcock." Well, you know, it's funny. I, I know we hear about now Capuano with with the Las Vegas team. I still think we're going to hear Ken Hitchcock's name attached to that too, because too. he likes to teach. He has always told us he loves to teach. He likes yeah. to, and I think he relish the role that Mike Babcock was given with the yeah. Leafs last year. He likes that kind of challenge. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants. I agree with you completely. Um, but, the, but the goaltending machinations, just to fi- put a final point on it, the goaltending machinations right now in the league are really interesting. All of a sudden, sort of, you know, the mention of Flurry has sort of dropped off and Bishop has gained all this momentum mm-hmm. after the, after the, um, you know, the, the losing is cool that happened with Robin Leonard uh, last week. Apparently, uh, some calls came into uh, Sabres GM Tim Murray about the availability of Leonard, and he sort of just sh- shrugged them off. I mean, the thing is, is like the Sabres have to do something. They really right. do. 
Well, I looked into this. Leonard's only made 60% of their starts, uh, but his stats are great. He's you know nine tw- over 920 save percentage, goals yep. against 2.5. He's played 30 games, but the Sabres can't score, so he's got an under 500 record, and he's the type of physical package that every team is looking for out of a goaltender. Big. Yep. Yep. You know, but but he's you know six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. But durability is the problem. And if he's not, if he can't play in there or play play fifty, fifty five, sixty games, then you know. I'll tell you what it is. I, I think if, if you're a Sabres fan, here's what you could take from this. What you could take from this is that they do believe in Leonard, and they do believe in their system that they have guys coming. So guess what? You're just not a playoff team, and you're still a couple of years away from probably being a really good team. I think Tim Murray has his reputation tied into Leonard. He traded a first-round pick mm-hmm. for Leonard. The first-round pick turned out to be Colin White. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, that that's beside the point, but when you give up a first-round pick and the player turns out to be somebody who could potentially be good, it makes it even worse. And he has not, you know, he had high ankle sprain problems last year, ankle surgery, lost a bunch of weight in the summer, comes back, and he's not playing the amount of games. I mean, they've played they've played Nielsen more than most backups have played in this league yes. this year. So, I mean, I think if he if he doesn't straighten up and fly right the rest of the season, I think Buffalo's looking for a goaltender in the summer. I agree. I think we need to discuss the ice conditions in the NHL. Um, this is something that has been bandered around a lot lately. Uh, Alan Walsh, friend of the show, um, said that he's hearing. <laughs> oh, by the way, one last thought on the other one. Um, Brian Lawton, who is a friend of the show, legitimately, and a, and um, tweeted tweeted um, to to the question: Should the does the Shattenkirk, you know, Bishop trade make sense for both teams? He tweet, tweeted yes with a with several exclamation points. Like he thought that was a good deal. And this, and you know, Lawton, no, I, I do respect a great deal. You know, is the former GM oh, of the Lightning. Um, so. Just an, it, inter- an interesting response from somebody like that. It makes sense, but you know what? It, it smacks of a fantasy hockey trade. That's what it, I mean. That that's why I'm. Sometimes those are the trades. I mean, sometimes they are the tra- they are the tra- they, they don't, uh, This is what I find, and I agree with you, and and I, and I definitely agree with. You. I mean, that's like, and that's that's such a message board thing to say, Mike. But yes, I do agree with you. <laughs> oh, you're playing uh, EA 2016, but yeah, no, they are. This is a fantasy type trade um, that your computer might not, you know, might not allow you to do. But um, the difference here is that the fa- fact that both of them are unrestricted free agents and both teams and Tampa desperately needs a defender and St. Louis went from having the best save percentage in the league to the worst save percentage in the league. And both teams are finalists, conference finalists last year in the NHL. So both teams have serious, you know, aspirations for winning Stanley Cup. So you start, you know, you start looking at that. You say, okay, maybe that one player, Tampa's in Tampa, Shattenkirk in Tampa, Bishop in St. Louis, maybe that's what they need to get them over the top. So that's why these things become interesting. Oh, okay. You know, you have to remember, Mike was a big shot in the CompuServe era. He was. Yeah. Let's talk ice. Uh, so Alan Walsh, like I said, friend of the show, uh, hearing from he tweets out that he's hearing from players that the gen that generally the quality of the ice league wag is getting worse. Over time, this can lead to groin, back, and hip issues. Does he have data to back this up? Is this in his glass of scotch, or is this? He's just hearing from players. He's hearing from players. So, so two players, maybe three players, complained. Probably one of them played in MSG because everybody complains about MSG. Well, remember, we have now had two instances, right, where the where the ice is like has, has caused the game to stop this year. One actually, okay, well, that was, one of them was in Barclays. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, and that, you know, that's because they made PVC piping, which is actually how I built my rink in the backyard. So I think PVC piping is a great way to build a rink. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. Is that a rink or a pool that we're talking about? That's my small stagnant pond right now. Uh, <laughs> yes. But it's, it's, but that's how I built my small stagnant pond in the backyard. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with the Islanders on the PVC piping. Great, great, great material to work with. But that's um, it. He, he had one guy complain probably in in Barclays, one at MSG, and he's decided now that the league has a problem. I watch a lot of games around the league. I don't see that much of a problem. I, well, I would have to think you would have to think you know Yarrow Halak might have something bad. I, I was going to say it would, lead, it, it would lead me to believe though it's one of the two goalies since we know yeah. that uh, Walsh represents both of them. So yes, which is always a good idea. Um, Miller, though Ryan Miller also came out and said that uh, the other night that he called the United Center ice the worst ice I've seen in my career. Wow. Um, in Chicago, that's you know, and, and Miller has played. You know, Miller played in the first Winter Classic. Well, I respect his opinion. <laughs> if he if he says it, I believe it. So we're seeing more of this for sure. Um, well, I, I'll tell you what it is. It's not like anybody's global trying to warming. Russ, it's, it's clearly global warming. It's not, listen, don't get me started on that. It's not you, that. Please. It's not that. What it is is that every venue now has more events. That's yeah. what it is. The recovery time is not what it used to be for all teams in all arenas. Even if you have a hockey-only arena, you're still booking other stuff there. Yeah, when what you know, when when the when the Leafs play on Saturday night 15 minutes after the game when most of the people have cleared out and like all only the families are 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 in the stands, they've started putting the the the, the covering on the ice to lay down the floor for the Raptors games. Yeah. And it, it, it you know, Flyers have double games on so many Saturdays, it's not even funny. Yeah. No, you're right. They, and it, it's all the time. And, and, you know, we've been there where they're putting, they have that stuff. They have the, you know, we finished our stories and the, the you know, the, the basketball rings. The hardwoods over. down, yeah. Yeah. Why, why, did Edmonton, why did Edmonton have the reputation of having the best ice in the league? Well, it's cold outside all the time at Edmonton, and they don't have a football, uh, like an arena football or, uh, or a basketball team. It's just right. the NHL. Yeah. Maybe the Edmonton Oil Kings play there, but, you know, whatever. Now, when Alan Walsh did this, did he include the Little Caesars Arena yet, or is he just going to wait until they actually have ice? I think he might wait, but you never know. He might even speculate. Um, Tuka Rask is being evaluated today by doctors. Um, He's dealing with migraine and vision issues, which, by the way, so am I. That's not good. But I'm just exhausted. I know my problem. Um, (laughs) That caused him to leave yesterday's game. And – yeah, yeah Tukarask is uh is one of those goalies who has weird medical things um all the time. This is another one. I, I hope he's okay. You know, this is really scary because I mean I've had I haven't had a lot of concussions in my life. Um, I've had you know. But this doesn't have to be concussion triggered. A migraine uh, is a migraine. Concussion triggered, but if you have had concussions, the second you get a headache, that's the first thing you think. Yeah. Um, even though it's not quite often not connected to it. Um, but that's my thing. My thing because I had to stop playing hockey right. for a year because of concussions. So I, I mean, a person could eat yeah. chocolate and it can trigger a migraine until they figure it out. Right. Or you know, and the other thing I found out the I found out just a couple of years ago was I had um, photosensitivity in my eyes, which means that bright light gives me headaches. So I, right. from that point forward, I, you'll never see me outdoors without you know in, in the sun without sunglasses on because I just feel way better with sunglasses on. Yeah. Um, it's totally I do the same thing. thing. Yes. Yeah, so. But this is, I mean, this is the extent of this problem 
is a big thing is going to be a big thing for Boston. First of all, yeah. he's he's one of the two goaltenders that was selected for the All Star game. So if he's going to be, you know, he pro- this is a possibility he could he could miss that. Um, but in terms of the long term, I mean, they're probably going to have to bring up Kudobin if if he's out for a significant period. And they summarily dismissed him, like they right they waved, they waved him. And but but it's like it's either go back to Kudobin or go to Zane McIntyre. And right. and, and and right now. You know the Bruins are in second place, but it's very tenuous. They have 52 points. They played 50 games. They played four or five more than almost everybody. Yeah. So you know they're 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 in deep trouble. And and the thing is is that their their scoring is continuing to be a problem. Uh, they're not this, getting. This, yeah, you're right, Mike. And this, this is what happened to them last year. Remember, they were way out in front of people games wise, and everybody thought they were going to make playoffs for sure. And well, Kudobin's Providence numbers are not good either, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Pat Pasternak had a had a bursar sack operation, I think, in mid December. He's played fifteen or sixteen games and has not scored since. Yeah, it's amazing. He was on fire before that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was just he was having an unbelievable year, and that helped Boston get off to the top. So, yeah, you're right. This is a big issue. Um, they need. I mean, Tuka Rask is is a, is a serious part of this team. Um, and you know, he's he's you know as big as Corey Schneider is to the Devils. You know, basically, um, Rask is. And you know what? I mean, maybe in a way this shuts up all these Claude Julien uh, firing rumors because, you know, how can you win when your team isn't scoring and you're, you're missing your number one goaltender? And I, I, you know, I had, I had heard that Julian made some comment about you know, not having enough talent after the last loss. Well, yeah, but you know what? I mean, I don't think – I don't know. I mean, on Friday night I started getting calls. Um, that said, Julian was going to be fired this weekend, no matter what happened. And then yeah, they, we all heard the murmurs, but they went, and they went on and lost, you know, a couple a couple games. Um, and then people were saying, "Oh, he's you know, they are they." It's not going to take a lot for them to to get rid of Julian, which I I don't think is right. But I think you know, like we talked about before, it's a bit of you know, he's got the Chiarelli mark on him still. So right, and Cam Neely just doesn't like him. But um, you know, I think there's there's lots of issues there. So we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, I mean, well, look, Andrew Raycroft's only thirty six. Just saying. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Connor Sheary, who um, opened for Taylor Swift on a really good tour. No, that was Ed Sheeran. Sorry. Connor Sheary <laughs> has nine points in his last four games, uh, and it's the player of the week in the NHL. Crazy. I know. That's good. I mean, that's something good else. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. He's crazy. Player Crosby. Yeah. King Henry, first NHL goalie to get at least 20 wins in his first 12 NHL seasons. That's yeah. something. That's something. It's really impressive. Most I mean, wins ever for a European goalie. He, he's got a nice resume. And the just like we said, the the Larry Brooks, let's fan the flames of there's a goalie problem yeah. here. Going, I mean, Larry has, to Larry's to Larry's credit, he's dealt he's had for twelve years to deal without a goalie controversy. I know. That's tough for a beat writer. But he finally got that minute to put it in, and then by the time you put it in, it was gone three days later. I mean, yeah. for a beat writer to go for 12 years without a goalie controversy really leaves you nothing to write about after a while. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, then, and then he stands on his head against Toronto, and he hits a shutout on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, come on. He, 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 the cream rises to the top. We know that Lundqvist is one of the best goaltenders in the league. Everybody and who has- wants to play Magnus Helberg? I mean, no offense, Magnus, but you, you know, you're not an NHL goalie. <laughs> Yeah, but Magnus is such a cool name. I it mean, is, like, and he's big. He's really big. Know, That's like Magnus. You know, you can't, not, Magnus isn't the guy in the choir. You know, Magnus is a hockey player. <laughs> Going out there, I was the guy in the choir. So, by the way, I have to throw it out there. Um, all right. So, nice little. Um, if you didn't get a, ch- if you got a chance to see, um, if, if by the way, if you're not worried about your website getting banned by the Russians, um, check out Andre Altigbarkiakian. 
goal in the NHL All-Star Game. It's an incredible thing. Wow. And, and if you're Googling Alti Bark Makaki on, just, it's, it's spelled exactly, it's, it sounds exactly like I said it. Um, so don't worry about it. The spelling is just exactly as it sounds. Alti Bark Makaki again. I do um, want to tell you uh, that Magnus Helberg has four NHL saves to his credit. That's it. Wow. wow, that's four more than me. And he's got a thousand save percentage. <laughs> that's one less than Anton Forsberg. Just like hey, that. hey, hey, hey. Oh, man. Um, I know he has eight. Sorry, he has eight saves. How about Turkey winning the 2017 U-20 Division Three oh, World Championships? Are we talking about this for real? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we talk about some trade rumors, please? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going deep into my dive, deep diving today. I'm going to go deeper. I found a guy named Rich Helberg on HockeyDB. He was born in Farmingdale, New York. That's where I went to, to high school. That's where I went. So this guy played at St. John's. Hey, there you go. 1985. <laughs> Shout out to Rich. Nice. Laviolette's the second American-born goalie, American-born coach to win 500 games. And this, this remember, if we really recently, Tortorella reached 500 games controversially in the fact that he was, <laughs> yes. he was suspended for three of them. But um, he now has since passed the actual, what we would call actual 500. So Laviolette, and it's interesting when you, when I, if I was to ask you Laviolette or, um, you know, Tortorella, uh, who would have gotten to 500 games earlier Last year, this time, you would be like, oh, Laviolette for sure, right? But right. obviously, got, since then, got the job. Well, of course, he wasn't coaching NHL, so that would have been why you said it. But there was, um, but now, yeah, he's just, so these two goal, these two coaches, who is the better coach? And why are both of these guys quick burnouts with every team they play? <laughs> the coach. I mean, both these guys have the same similarity, similar characteristic that they can't, that eventually they wear a team down. They coach differently, but they get sort of the same results. You know, at the end of the day, this is going to hurt. I have to say John Tortorella is better. Yeah, I agree. And but we have to we have to acknowledge that the Nashville seems to be on track again. They've won three games in a row. PK Van yep. is back in the lineup. Uh I don't know if Yossi's back. They think it was a concussion, so I, I would think that I, I didn't see their any of their games on the weekend, so I'm not sure if he's back yet. But they you know, they've moved into third place. They've uh, moved two points past St. Louis. So St. Louis now uh, is in a wild card spot. Yeah. And that's that's see that's what Ben Bishop. I, I just okay. Philip Forsberg has five game winning goals in January. Um, that's an that's that's a record for any Predators game winning goal. How, how many helps. how many does Martin Erat have? <laughs> he had four originally. Martin Erat held the record for that. You know? Okay. <laughs> but Philip Forsberg has five in January, which is a record. We'll call that something. All right. And uh, smarty ass, smart ass there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, um, th- go ahead. There, there continue to be rumors about the about the Blackhawks uh, looking yeah. for the for a top six forward. There was a report in the Chicago Sun Times this weekend that they're talking to the the Red Wings about uh, either Gustav Nyquist or Thomas Tatar, and. If you look at either one of those, I mean, first of all, Nyquist is making close to five million bucks. He's making four seven five, and he's signed for another couple years. Yeah, weird. I, I, I don't know. Is he? I mean, and he's not having a particularly good year right now. And I don't know whether Chicago would be willing to take on that kind of salary unless unless Detroit maybe took a haircut on it or they traded something back. The other Tatar, um, I think he scored twenty goals three years in a row. He's being paid less than three million, but he's a UFA. He's an RFA, excuse me, at the end of the year, and he's going to probably want a big 
pay increase, which is probably you know yeah, this conspiracy theorist on this stuff, Mike. But I don't think anyone mentioned um, these are two players that Detroit does want to trade, has right. wanted to trade for a while, and these rumors really very much sound like Detroit trying to get the names out there to right. make um, because this does not fit with Chicago. Um, right, in my opinion, where where you know I think Vanek does, and and I know they've had discussions with with you know about Vanek. Vanek is the kind of when you look at Chicago's trade deadline acquisitions, yeah. when they have made players when they when they've acquired players like Nyquist or Tatar, they haven't had as much success as when they've requ- acquired players like Vanek. Right. Um, you know, for their against, against the Rangers, Vanek and Athanasu made up a great tandem. They were giving the Rangers all they could handle. Yeah, no, Athanasu or. As I like, I'm happy to see you. Is um really um yeah he's done really he's been really impressive. Yeah, well, he is. The the one thing about this report that I that I sort of didn't agree with was that uh, it, it it insinuated that Chicago was extremely deep in defenseman Russ. Uh, I mean, and we know obviously we know Keith nobody's Seabrook. extremely deep, right? We know Keith Seabrook and Yarmolson, Obviously, Campbell's a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. But if you if you look at Are we like, now, wait, 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 I got to stop you there though. Are we now counting Trevor Van Riemsdyk? Yeah, I, I agree with this. I mean, I'm ready to wrestle this because this is the thing. As much as I, I like Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Van Riemsdyk and the Van Riemsdyks in general, right. I um, right. I have to say that this guy really raised rose to fame because of the fact that he played in the Stanley Cup Finals. And, and I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying he's anything more than a bottom pairing guy, but that's that's why I'm that's why what I'm saying here is that yeah. I don't think they're particularly deep. You, no, you I don't think they're either. You know, you look at like Gustav Forsling and Dahlstrom and Svedberg. I mean, they I think they have every Swede Swedish defenseman that is over six foot two. Um, but but you know, right right now, like I don't I don't look at their depth chart and see like tons and tons of quality blue liners. I mean, unless you think Vili Polka and and Nicholas Svedberg are NHL blue liners. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, I'm not ready to count like Trevor Van Riemsdyk as guaranteed NHL defenseman, and that helps me with depth. I don't count that. Billy Polka right. always sounded like a polka band, like the dresses, like the village people. You know, like yeah. polka. I mean, Billy Polka could play a little bit, but look, even Stephen Johns, who I always thought would be an okay defenseman, he's okay for Dallas, but he's not setting their world on fire. There yeah. is some breaking news. I don't know if you want it or not. Um, I'd rather talk about the village people. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, please, Russ. Go ahead. So Martha, So here's what's really going on in St. Louis. I didn't have all of this stuff straight as to what was going on. So they sent down Jake Allen, yep. brought up Felix Copley. Jordan Bennington's still in the minors, so maybe they're going to trade Jordan Bennington because they've never used him. And now Brodeur, Martin Brodeur came out and said he just kind of told um, – Jake Allen to keep his head up. So, like, this is like I didn't probably know that trade a goalie or two. I didn't know that they demoted Allen. I thought they just well, left him. This looks like a demotion now. This does feel very much. I mean, this they're they're not going to say that. They're going to say they're going to get him. They're not going to say that because he's a franchise guy. But this they say is they're sending him to the minors to get his confidence up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, if you're an actual hockey player playing the NHL, that's the first thing that you're going to think of. Man, my confidence is risen now that I'm being sent to the minors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean. Technically, I think I believe he would have to cl- he would have to uh, go through waivers because well, he must through- have because Brodeur said he's good enough, he's talented enough, he's got a great technique to fall back on, and he, it seems like he's gone through waivers. Wouldn't he have to go through waivers to come back? Probably, no, no. but who knows oh, if he's no, going to no, come no, back? No, no, no. no only only. I don't if- understand waivers. Sorry, he has to go through waivers. Okay. 
Uh, and I'm checking the AHL website right now, and I don't, I don't. Okay, see so it. maybe he wasn't sent down. It says he's expected to practice with the Blues on Monday and could be back in net on Tuesday. So I guess they just pushed him aside. Yeah. Wow. So if, if he gets sent down, if he does, I mean, is it possible that someone picks if he picks him up off a waiver? If he were to get sent down, which he hasn't yet, it's possible. Get, don't you think he would get grabbed off waivers? I do. Yeah, no. somebody would grab him. Four, four years, four years at four point three million. I think that's not bad. I mean, it, it's like I mean, if you think he four is goals. what they thought he was just five months ago, I mean, right. That was like, when he signed that deal, I'm like, he's signing a cheap deal. That's what I thought immediately. Like, so I mean, for a starting goalie on a potential Stanley Cup team to be under four and a half million dollars, would the would the Win- would the Winnipeg Jets claim him because they think right. they need a goalie? Then they'd have like seven goalies, but yeah, that would be. Yeah, if this is just a weird thing. It's like they don't want to send Jake Allen down, but they're not using him. They brought up Phoenix Copley, and now they'll all practice, and then they're sort of going to decide what to do. And I don't understand the Bennington thing at all, Russ. I mean, that's Me thing. that is like because he everybody I've talked to, I mean, Darren Pang especially, yeah, has said nothing but like this guy is the future. This is the goalie. This is the guy. Like, and Jake Allen was coming up, and everybody's like, "Oh, Jake Allen's going to finally get." This. I was already, at that point hearing Bennington, yeah, Jake Allen's great. This wasn't Pang saying this, but this was somebody else saying this. Jake Allen's great. and um, He's played over 100 games in the minors. Like, I would think that's good enough. And everybody yeah. says he's like a stud, you know, like he's an absolute star. Yeah. So, Well, he, I mean, he's, he's um, 908 save percentage, 2.90 goals against it with, with Chicago of the AHL. So he's not having a particularly great year right well, now. Throw this out there about that, Mike. I mean, it's like AHL goalies. I've seen that you've seen this before. It's like, you know, really good ones have it. And Mike just obviously hated that comment and just left. Um, yeah. Well, through you, Mike, just go. Fine. I, I'm just going to say this the AHL goalies are, um, are, you know, and you, we've seen this. Like, if they don't have an NHL defense in front of them, it, it changes. It changes when you come to the NHL because the way you play goal in the AHL versus the way you play goal in the NHL does change. And the Wolves are different. The Wolves are privately owned, right? They are like an NHL team. I know and they that. act like an NHL team and they play to win. They don't necessarily play to develop, right? We've seen this with the Chicago Wolves. And this is and why the Chicago Wolves have had several um, NHL teams. Like, yeah. This is why they, they, you know, they've, gone, they've gone through. This is what their third or fourth NHL team. If you know. yeah. yeah, but ironically, you know, what, what they're doing with Bennington is what they did with an American goaltender about, five or, about six or seven years ago named Ben Bishop. He was down in the right. AHL for three years, and they traded him when he was, I think, 27 years old. So there is a history of the Blues doing this. I just think you need to see him, and you need to see him what a goalie does with an NHL defense. You need to give yeah, him a chance. I agree. And Copley right now, you're a very blurry act, just so you know. Copley right now is on a um, six-game winning streak, so clearly this is why they called him up. But I, this is a very unsettled situation in St. Louis. There's no way around it. It is. I agree. I'm sorry for my blurriness. I would read, but we were at the end of the show anyway. So, yeah, you don't need to really see. Nah, it's probably better. I probably look better. No, you're good now. You're fine. Oh darn! Really? I thought I was looking better the other way. Well, we need HD for me. I mean, your hair could be better today, but you look fine. I think my hair looks fantastic today, but the rest of me looks like hell. Like I look like I haven't slept forever. Um, but anyway, that's just my opinion. That's all that counts. Uh, thanks, Mike. Finally, you admit you admit that. Um, all right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, it was a long weekend. Are we doing the draft simulator? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no. Yeah, sure. We've got the top right. prospects game coming up soon. We, you know, we should do the draft simulator. Let's do, Let's do the NHL draft simulator. i got to go up like this to do it. Um, <laughs> this is be a pose. 
I'm getting NHL draft simulator. Hold on one second. Well, excuse me. Wait a second while X sticks his head in the camera. Closer. Now let's see how terrible I look. Really? All right. NHL draft. Moderate. Not to put any pressure on you. Thank you. Yeah, I know, really. Tell me next time. Thank you. I didn't get the memo for this, but all right, ready? The winner is, oh boy, this is, this is a shocker. I gotta get this up on the screen somehow. Here we go. Um, This is a, this is a scary one. The winner is, da -da -da -da, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That would be crazy. Can you imagine? I mean, so the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is, they are technically in last place right now in the, in the East, but that still doesn't put them their their odds are not that great of winning, I don't think, because there's so many other teams in the West that are below them. But they're only five points out. Everybody, it's funny because everybody assumes, assumes Tampa's going to make it, right? Like, it, right. Still, and I think the problem I believe, and I talked to somebody today about this, is even Tampa assumes they're going to make it. <laughs> and I think that the players are thinking, that the, and at some point, you know, you do have to not think that way. Like, there's if Tampa got Nolan Patrick, it would be literally scary. I know, I know that that would be crazy. It would be crazy. So. That comes from our friend at NHLLotterySimulator.com, so check them and out. We would eventually have a power play with Nolan Patrick, Steve Stamkos, Kucherov, like Jonathan Drouin. Jonathan Drouin, Nemesnikov, like whoever you Jack want. Jack. Um, yeah, you really have a lot of you. Yeah. Have a lot. Keep pumping, keep pumping. I do have to address the three-way trade that I read about yesterday, too, because that was interesting. You know, then we'll get out We'll get out of here. Um, the um, And that was, that was kind of bizarre because – you know, it's funny. Someone was telling me, you know, before I had this discussion, with like, don't we, you know, you know, what the Bruins could use is, is Doug Hamilton. Like that's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that is who the Bruins could use. But um, so then, and then, literally, like an hour later, as I already would have it, you know, I hear Hamilton's name mentioned with the Bruins, but as part of a three-way deal that would send Shattenkirk to the Bruins, uh, Hamilton to the Blues, and then prospects to the Flames um, from the Bruins. So that would put Dougie Hamilton in St. Louis. Um, a lot of the Blues fans didn't think that was much of an answer because they feel like they're getting the same player in Hamilton and Shattenkirk, just maybe not as good and maybe younger. Just I'm, de I'm, I'm obviously definitely younger. Sorry. <laughs> under, under, under control longer with, I mean, he's making five, seven, five. Right. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have that, but you know, yeah, I, I don't think it's a horrible idea, but um, you know, and Hamilton does fit, you know, with a lot of what St. Louis is trying to do. So I, I thought it was okay. And that, you know, Shattenkirk, we know the Bruins do like Shattenkirk. So uh, tried to get him. Potentially, I mean, there's no listing of the extent of the injury, but uh, potentially big news for the Canadians. Um, your favorite, Michelle Terrian, confirms that Alex Galchenyuk will not play against mm -hmm. Calgary on Tuesday after re-aggravating his right knee injury. Wow, that's, that's, bad. That, that's bad. That was the injury that kept him out about yeah. six weeks. Yeah, that's so. the knee. That, that's, that, that's not the good knee for Galchenyuk. At first there, I thought you, mm -hmm. Terrian was hurt himself the way you said that, so I was confused. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so no, I'm glad Terrian's okay. I do have to give credit. This I'm going to call this the post of the day. This came off Facebook. All right. I posted a picture of Pluto because recently NASA had the Horizon, I think, go visit Pluto. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was on that plane. Okay, and they took like a hundred photos, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking, what do we learn? So I search, what do we learn from Pluto? And so we learned that there's some ice, there's some volcanoes, there's no rings around Pluto. But Gare Joyce of Sportsnet may have had the best post. He shared this on his page, and he said, we'll get an expansion franchise before Quebec. No justice in the solar system. <laughs> That's about right. Yep, 
Yep, that's that's pretty funny. Um, so we're going to Neptune next. And my question was, what are we going to learn in Neptune? That's 2019. That's not true. They've already been to Neptune. Pluto's way further. No, it's not true. It says 2019 they're going to Neptune. Really? Yes. I guess a different ship, huh? Because, you know, obviously. Yes, it's a different ship. At certain points in their planetary track, I think Pluto cro- crosses in front of Neptune, so that might be. Oh, it's, I guess that's true, but that's really, yeah. All right. Now, so what are we going to yeah. learn? Are we really going to learn anything that's going to matter? Well, no. Uh, as, as you know, a member of the South Jersey Astronomers Club as a kid, okay, <laughs> I, was, I spent many a Saturday night, you know, in, um, in Camden County Parks um, with a bunch of guys in their telescopes, realizing later that it was really just an excuse to drink. Um, I was 10 years old, so I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but really it was a good excuse to drink, you know. It's like I got that drama on my scope. I got the, I got the, you know, I got the Hershey Nebula. Like, come on over, check it out. So anyway, that was that was. Um, I got Mrs. Johnson on the balcony on my telescope. Right, I can tell you these things are exciting, uh, exciting news. And the big, the big, you know, obviously Pluto was declassified as a planet by Neil deGrasse Tyson a few years ago, which, uh, which really <laughs> which makes me, which makes me not want to listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson at all. He's oh, amazing. Stop. He's incredible. He's what is wrong um, with you, Mike? And you know, and he, he felt bad. He didn't want to take Pluto's planetary classification away. But when and but now that we see Pluto pictures of it, I think he was damn right. <laughs> yeah, like, there's Pluto, no. First of all, Pluto isn't even round. Okay, it's not even round. It's like it's it's got it's a very straight. It's like a, it looks like a kidney bean, and it's yes. essentially you know floating out there in space as a as a big giant ice rock. Now no, I mean, it a, does look round. The picture does look round. I, I would disagree okay. on that. Well, the first pictures that we saw were not round. No, no, the, this is this is what it looks like now. He's All right, okay. discriminating against oblong planets. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't mean to do that. Of course, this all comes, this all is moot because the- It looks the, like Alderaan. That's what it looks like. <laughs> doesn't look like Alderaan anymore. Um, <laughs> and by the way, the Star Wars, this new, new Star Wars, Star Wars Episode Eight. <laughs> That's right. Star Wars Episode Eight title's out. You guys heard this, right? The, it's 8A, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's 8. It's eight. What, is, yeah, eight. what is it? Revenge after of the Clones Part 2? Eight, 8 comes after 3.5. And two years after seven, so um, yeah, that this so this brings us to um, the last Jedi, the last Jedi, and if you remember that seven entered ended with Luke Skywalker, so we know Luke is going to be a big character in eight, and he, I guess, is the last Jedi. So I think the plot's already been revealed. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but that's that's the that's that's. If we don't see Yoda, I'm going to be pissed. That's all. All this is moot because there's a what I was going to try to say before. If you if you're into astronomy at all or into the universe, um. There's a bigger, have you heard, you know, the giant planet theory, right? Which is the big thing now. I, I, the Big Bang Theory, yes, I know that. The Big Bang Theory. There is, when, there, when you look at the wobble of the sun, okay, the sun actually wobbles a certain way. And the way we find planets in other universes is, or another, not other universes, other, other galaxies um, or other star systems. Solar systems, let's call it. You've lost Mike. Look, you've All right, the way we find planets in other solar systems, we don't see them, but we can see wobbles of stars. Okay, we can see stars wobbling, which shows us, you know, I know this because I've discovered several planets myself. So um, when they go around the sun, they wobble, they go around their star, they wobble a certain way. Our star, our sun, wobbles a certain way that they have now figured out means that there is a planet three times the size of Jupiter in this solar system, just really far away. That's rotating the sun. That no one knows any. That we that we're just we can't see it, and okay. we haven't been able to find it. But the fact of the matter is, because of the way our sun wobbles, the mass of the planets revolving around it don't make sense. So there's something else revolving around it further out, which is pretty interesting. All right, here's my last minute thing. We should have a one minute debate on this because I've noticed there's a lot of backlash. What? Why is there so much hatred towards Yoda now? What did Yoda do? Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. What is all this Yoda hate about? I think I'm it's a, a big fan. Back, backlash of over.
for marketing Star Wars. <laughs> is that what it is? I think so. I mean, you know, Jar Jar, you know, who everybody hated from yeah, original. but I get why they hated him, and everybody loves Boba Fett, and I get it because you don't get enough Boba Fett, but it seems like people hate Yoda now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. People shouldn't hate Yoda. Um, because Yoda sounds like Fozzie Bear. Cause a it's, lot. It's so you, you guys know one of the funny things about Episode Seven. I don't know if you're, you're real Star Wars people, but do you know that they killed off Jar Jar in Episode Seven? Which they, 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 because what, what happened basically? Misa don't know that. No, because, because, because there's a, the scene when they are testing out the um, planet or whatever their death planet, right. or whatever they're calling it. Okay. They're testing yeah. it out. They're blowing up other planets. Remember that? Yes. Well, in a symbolic way, <laughs> Abrams, who did, you know, that was the, the writer and director or whatever of Star Wars 7, chose the planets from the prequels to blow up. Those were the planets oh, that actually that planet. But how do you know Jar Jar didn't move? So Jar Jar, assuming he was still on, he returned to his Yeah, home. you don't know that. I know. Or, and he probably isn't even, you know, who knows how long the creatures like him live. But He made a lot of money from the last movie. He may have, like, went to a better planet. He may have, you know. But I thought it was, it was, it was kind of a funny thing. It was a real funny thing for the Star Wars people that like, see Abrams, like, blow up all the I creatures. don't hate Jar Jar Banks. I laughed at him. I think it's a ridiculous. Yeah, I, I thought the prequels were really underrated, by the way. So I'm just going to. Jar Jar moved to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the new coach. And that we'll tie, that, that's how we'll tie it together today with hockey. Remember, without the bus, folks, it's just hockey. Expect the Jar Jar Binks press conference next week when McPhee hires him. We'll see you soon. We'll be back again tomorrow. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.